Today's episode is brought to you by The Northman, an action-filled epic from visionary director Robert Eggers with an all-star cast that includes Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and Willem Dafoe. Witness the rise of The Northman as he discovers that fate has no mercy. The Northman is only in theaters April 22nd. Visit thenorthmanfilm.com to learn more. Welcome, everyone, to Weekly Game Chat. I'm your host, Chris. Not joined by one Sean Haywood this week. He is uh, off and on assignment in the land of the Magic Kingdom for reasons. (laughs) Yeah, for reasons to not be known. I think I know them, but I'm not 100% certain. That other voice you did hear, though, is the other co-host of Weekly Game Chat, which is, of course, uh, John How's it going, Chris? It's going. It's that Tuesday after a long holiday weekend, so it's like, you know, not great. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, uh, the good news, at least to me, was that it seemed like a, a lot of people were still off work. Yeah, so today they were. There wasn't a lot, you know, a lot going on. It was a nice nice day to come back to catch up. But I, I got to tell you, Chris, I think it's time to start considering the fact that um, – Sean should be should be bumped down to friend of the show, Sean. He is getting close. So yep. you listen here, Sean, if you're watching mm-hmm. this. You look at me. Be. I'm looking at this camera right now. You got one more time. One more time. He and needs then, to get his butt on Twitch. Right? That's what I got to say. Right? I mean, what's he really doing? What is he really doing? You know? Probably not much right now. Uh, do you have a good week, John? Did, um, did indeed. We, uh, we kind of took a mini vacation. That's all. Um, up to Atlanta, you know, kept it pretty chill, but, um, you know, played, uh, went to Top Golf on, what day was it? Saturday. Went to, uh, a Braves game on Sunday. That was a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, they won the game twice. <laughs> Did you get to see the, uh, what is the stupid thing they're doing with swords? Like I saw something on sports center for five seconds, like someone running out with a sword and they're apparently trying to make this a thing for the team this year. <laughs> like these I plastic no swords. Idea. Yeah. I don't know that I noticed it. That, <laughs> I, it. You know, maybe I didn't notice it. Cause I mean, there was a lot of ceremonial stuff for 4th of July, so they might not have bothered with that on that day. True. Um, and then on our way back from Atlanta on Monday, we went to uh, went to Fernbank, that natural history museum in Atlanta. Ooh, so it was good time, nice and relaxing. Well, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Um, uh, we did, we did, uh, we did, <laughs> we did stop by on our way back one night to the to the hotel. We picked up some cheesecake. Oh, 
from oh. the Cheesecake Factory. Look at that. Just um, a true American holiday right there. Had some Wagyu beef for the first time in my life. That's some good stuff. Yeah, it was uh, it was a fascinating experience. Right. Um, they brought it out on this big slab of rock salt or whatever it was, just like big thing, and 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 they they it, it came out kind of rare. But the idea is you cut it and you lay it down on the rock, and it kind of cooks it to to the temperature you want. Yeah. Um. It was it was buttery. Mm. It was very buttery. Yeah, there's so a lot of fat good. in there, a lot of marble, a lot of marble in the Wagyu, yep. which is what I always enjoy. How about you? How many times did you get drunk? How many beers did you consume? Oh, um, man, that's that's a hard question to answer. America. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't get too crazy. Saturday night, I got a little bit crazy, but that was about it. Um, Sunday, took it easy, went over and hung out with the folks, you know. Uh, and then I thought about going somewhere to watch fireworks, but then I was tired from the day before. And honestly, uh, all I had to do was walk outside and there were plenty of fireworks in every direction <laughs> till about 3 a.m. So <laughs> pretty know. much. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but once upon a time in our beautiful state, Fireworks were banned. Yeah, except for like the really basic things like sparklers right. and things like that. I, I would like to go back to that. <laughs> it has, you know, because you cannot you cannot rely on people to simply, you know, experience Fourth of July. They'll they will do their they'll do their fireworks from from July 1st to July 15th. Oh yes. And, and it's amazing what Americans come up with, what excuses we come up with to to shoot fireworks in my neighborhood. We probably hear fireworks four or five times a year. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what, what, I mean that we'll do it for new years. We'll do it for 4th of July. We'll do it for groundhog day. (laughs) We'll do it for Bastille day, (laughs) that kind of stuff. And it's just, uh, it's people have just gotten obnoxious with it. And, you would, I don't know if there's something about this house, like the echo and the verberations and whatever, it scares the absolute crap out of Burgess. He just can't, he just can't handle it in a way that never, it never bothered him at the, at the old house. He just, he is just terrified. Yeah. Um, in this house. Oh, this old house. Mm hmm. But, but yeah. uh, how was, how was your weekend? It was, it was, you were, it was you fine. were a good boy. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I said, just drank some beers and listened to some music and, you know, just relaxed and enjoyed it. I'm I'm an easy man to please, man. So here I, I played some of the topic, played some Rocket League. Say, did you finish the topic? I have not finished the topic. That topic is very long. Um, but uh, I, I put a good enough into it, you know. I, I, feel, I feel good enough to talk about it. Um, good. As far as... I guess I watched uh, the new Chris Pratt movie. I did that. Yeah, um, I haven't haven't got a chance yet. You're not missing much. Uh, well, you're missing some things that I'm like, man, this started off right, right? And then it just gets dumb, like really dumb, really fast. And then it does this thing where it doesn't know if it wants to be dumb or serious, right? 
and the fact that you're consistently switching between those juxtapositions is like just it's not fun like you know i i'll respect something like uh interstellar which is definitely a more slow burn movie but i give it credit because like it's not ever going away from what it's trying to be it's trying to be a very serious sci-fi movie right you know like we're taking these extreme concepts and it's very you know uh melodrama with the family stuff and we don't ever get away from that and this like one moment you've got the the guy who's like i'm nervous so i'm here to make the jokes and i'm making the jokes right now to then very serious implications of actions being done and very emotional to then right back to just complete silliness you know <laughs> and you're just like what just happened i don't get this you know it's like pick a lane um would be my advice but i guess the good thing is if you got prime you ain't got to pay anything to go watch it so i can't tell you not to watch it but i was just saying you know i was I was intrigued by like the first 30 or 40 minutes of it. And then it kind of began to lose itself more and more as it went along, unfortunately. But, you know. So it's like Independence Day? It very much was trying to be like Independence Day. You could actually argue it lifts a lot of the freaking plot from Independence Day. (laughs) Uh, You know, I was just waiting for Jeff Goldblum to show up and he never got there. Never got there once. Well, life should have found a way. Yeah. Uh, have you watched any Loki at this point? Not a bit. Mm-hmm. Very divisive episode this week, but a lot of interesting promise. Is it promise. too spoiler to explain? Ex- yeah. To oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a very nice end credit scene, though, for that could make things pretty interesting for the, the penultimate episode of it. So we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been a lot of kicking around and kind of delaying to get to the final thing is what it's felt like ever since after the first episode to me personally, at least, but, uh, you know, regardless, Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 Something that Josh is apparently missing about this week's chat is, uh, is Loki chat apparently, (laughs) but yeah. Um, besides that, not much else. I mean, I watched NBA basketball, right? You know, that's not surprising. Finals start tonight. Well, started the night before for the for those who are listening to the actual podcast. So we have our finals. We'll see if it's the Bucks or the uh or the Suns. Pretty historic for regardless who wins, because Bucks haven't won since Kareem was there. And Suns have never won. And this is only, I believe, the second time they've ever made the finals. They made it once with Barkley, and that was it. And Mike promptly showed him the door, as he did to so many others. So, you know. Um, Besides that, yeah, I really don't have much um, this week. I wish I could be more exciting, uh, or I wish Sean was here. This would actually be a good opportunity for old man, you know, weekly games chat as we call it, he'd probably be like, yeah, I went and got my phosphates and <laughs> went down to phosphate? the drug. Yeah. I went down to the drugstore, <laughs> got me some concoctions, <laughs> take care of my back. It's aching again. Um, so I, I just, uh, I got on a little late today cause I just got back from GameStop. I traded in my one X. Oh, and I actually had to do the trade for the guy. I had to go back behind the counter and 
check the settings on the Xbox and and then when I was done, go back and restore it to factory settings. He just, he, he, I guess he was kind of new and he'd never really tinkered with an Xbox before. Mm, So that's that's a hardship. There was was no one else. They they didn't pay me for it. Mm. Um, So yeah, I got that, got that done today. Went into, went into the office for the afternoon to pick up a bunch of my stuff because it's still at my old location and I'm, you know, going to be at a new clo- location soon. So oh, are you talking about on the tower or did you? Yeah, I'm going from the tower to CSC. Well, the in theory. Day. Yeah, in theory. <laughs> well, I'll be back there in July. Oh, no, it's already July. Uh, October is when I go back. Okay, that's cool. Assuming everything is, <laughs> assuming the the second, third, and fourth variant don't completely demolish the planet. Yeah, right. <laughs> No, I'm I'm very much now in the uh Sean and I are in the Bo Burnham. We're gonna stay inside for until until someone makes us come back outside again. We'll just stay in our little bubbles and be be completely yeah. fine with it. <laughs> so um yeah, that's really man, this this is like on border of being the shortest intro we've had in probably I don't know, hundred episodes at least. Right? At least a hundred episodes right now we're at like 13 minutes <laughs> i could tell you you know I, I i was um i'm gonna i'm gonna sound probably very ignorant here oh go for it um yeah <laughs> just <laughs> let it out buddy so i was watching we were watching the game um uh sunday and it went it went into extra innings mm-hmm now apparently now this rule i don't <laughs> this rule is new to me so if i come off as ignorant okay I don't know how long the rule has been in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't notice it in the postseason last year. Postseason rules tend to be different sometimes, depending on what it is. But during the extra innings, you by default are starting with a runner at second. Really? Yep. Hmm. I did not yep. know that because I was watching the first, uh, the top of the the top of the tenth inning, um, and. I was looking at, at at the field and somebody was on second and I was like, did I miss somebody hitting a double to second? Um, but apparently, and, and then the next inning happened and the Braves third baseman was the default runner at second base. And I was like, when did this start happening? Hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, Josh says uh, in the chat that it started a year ago and it's to speed up the games. I'm guessing they probably don't do it in the postseason because that would create a, you know, an uproar. So yeah, speak, I, I can see it being a problem in the postseason. But it, I, you know, I'm kind of a purist. It seems, but you know, I, I guess I can understand. You know, because baseball's tempo has kind of started to drag over the years because of all the all the commercials, all the advertisements, and things like that. But it was funny once the uh, the the Marlins got ahead by about six runs in the in the in the top of the eighth and everybody just started leaving (laughs) (laughs) but but the braves came back in the ninth and tied it up and then and then won the game in the uh they they weren't doing uh fireworks that night for the game um they were doing fireworks throughout the day as Uh. hits were made home runs you know that kind of thing but i don't know if they did anything at the end of the day in the evening, but it was a one o'clock game. Gotcha. 
Hmm. So we were, we were in a section of the stadium that was, um, you just get beat down by the sun. Oh, it was cooking us pretty bad. Yeah. That's the I got, thing. I got this nice, I got this nice redneck here. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about them day games, man. You got to know the position of the stadium and what time the game's going to be at. Cause I mean, I remember even at the old Turner field, if you were sitting in right field, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a seven o'clock game and you want to go there early, it's just, sun or if it was like a four o'clock it was even worse just sun in your face because you know the sun sets on the uh, first base side yeah that was the one disadvantage (laughs) but they were fantastic seats they were like uh, they were they're on the second level right over the third baseline we could see you know it was it was great i mean you could see acuna's yellow cleats from you know across the way (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it was a good time we had a great time it was it was such a it was a it was you know i've never been to a baseball game with extra innings um wow and so they they called um the guy the the guy the guy went for home it slid into home and and chris i gotta tell you he was 100 percent safe 100 mm-hmm. percent. and they called him safe but then the other team appealed the ruling yeah apparently it's football now and i, I know that's i know they've been doing that for a while they and do it they everywhere overturned, they overturned they overturned the call yeah and so it was ridiculous. They they showed it so many times on that big screen across the field. And I'm not being biased. I'm not the biggest Braves fan. It's my second favorite team. He was safe. So it was such a bad call. Look, I saw in a couple of weeks ago in the, the playoffs in, in like the final. Playoffs. Yeah. In the in the final two minutes of every game, everything is pretty much under review at any point. Right. And someone came up, uh, I think it was Devin Booker was dribbling. Seen this 9 million times in basketball, right? He's dribbling up, a defender comes in, slaps the ball out of his hand, it goes out of bounds. They whistle it, it's Phoenix's ball, right? Yeah. Then the Clippers start chipping, say, nah-uh, nah-uh, and they go and review it. And they determine that even though the player hit the ball, right, it actually, the last thing that happened was it rolling off of uh, Devin Booker's hand. So they gave the ball to the other team, and everyone's like, any other point in the history of the NBA, this would be, you know, this would be out on the defense, and it would still yep. be the offense's ball. So that's, yep. that, that is the point of replay where I go a little insane, and I just can't take it anymore. Like, I'm all for getting certain things correct, like a player – in football, catching the ball, making sure that he had both feet and bounds or that the ball didn't hit the ground while he was falling and that kind of stuff. But when you're arguing semantics of a ball going out of bounds because the force of it leaving your hand <laughs> caused it to roll or, you know, I don't, I didn't see this replay you're speaking of in baseball, you know, maybe the exact angle of uh, how the tag was going. I don't know. That's that's where it gets a little bit dangerous. That's where it gets a little bit overreachy, if you ask me. Speaking of overreach, we found a way to overreach and extend this opening. You're welcome. To uh, yeah, thank you. You took one for the team, and we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's uh, you know what? I'm not going to delay it anymore. We'll just go ahead and say we are going to get ready to do some topic time.
Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the topic time, as Sean would say if he were here this week. Plays not. It's just good old NPR John and Chris here. Working on your car problems? <laughs> Learn how to reprogram your Xbox when you trade it in at GameStop. What you want to do first is go to the general settings. Uh, but we do have a topic for you. You probably thought it was going to be a different one. And honestly, until Sean said, I'm going to be in Florida next week, it was going to be a different one. And then this one was probably going to be the week after, right? But that said, let's get to it. The topic is Scarlet Nexus. I do it so well, don't I? You miss hearing the echo. Nobody does it like you. you just, just, just admit so, that you've missed hearing that echo for the last couple of months since we started streaming. It's been, it's been a void. It's been an absolute void. But I will tell you, Chris, I have been looking forward to hearing about this. I even tried I even tried to get this game at GameStop today, but they didn't have any PS5 copies. I, so. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. I imagine these are the kind of games, like, if you're GameStop, you're going to order at most five copies unless you have pre-orders, and they're probably going to go day one, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they do have it on PS4. I don't know if that's worth hmm. picking it up. Um I don't know. I don't know what the fidelity difference is between the two versions. But. I really think, honestly, like the thing that was really shocking to me when I was playing, I played this on Series X. Um, <laughs> there's no HDR in the game. <laughs> no kidding. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be optimized for X and S, and it's like also the saves are slow. <laughs> The loading is not the quickest I've seen in games on here. So I'm like, I guess it's just all down to the, you know, making it 4K and 60 frames per second. Because that's that's the only thing I could probably notice and tell you is uh, different, uh, possibly from the uh, PS4 and, and Xbox One versions of the game, if that's where you're choosing to play this. And I'm sure those probably run at 60 frames, too. They're just probably in 1080p, right, as opposed to 4K. Uh, but yeah, Scarlet Nexus. Uh, I cannot remember the studio name that did this. Um, I just know they're from Japan because because this is the most Japan game. I thought Like a Dragon when I dabbled in that a couple weeks ago, John. Well, it's Japan, and it's definitely Japan. So it's a re- realistic Japan, I would say, right? Um, but man, if someone wanted to make anime the game, this is definitely in the contention for uh, that title. <laughs> and, and in a good way, I will say that, in a good way. Um, so Scarlet it's Nexus. About, it's, it's Bandai Namco. Yeah, well, that's who published. I can't remember who the actual like person is who's the director, because I think he's done something else, um, but I, don't, I haven't played it. Um, but yeah, it's an action RPG, so think Bayonetta combat with more so thought out progression systems, right? A little bit. I I, I would say the best thing I could say for RPG systems, imagine the grid system from Final Fantasy X. So anyone's played that, you have all these bubbles that you're kind of filling out. Uh, And that's kind of what's going on here. You have a skill tree that has all these bubbles and different paths as far as how you could build your character and what things you want to focus on and all that. But for the most part, 
it functions first and foremost as something of like a platinum game. You know, if you like those kind of things, if you like to go out there and play your devil may cries and your, your bayonets and all that, you're going to be feeling right at home here. Um, and if you are a fan of the anime, you're also going to feel right at home here because this is to a hundred percent anime too much for you, buddy. No, no. I'm just like, okay, we're doing this. All right. So the setup in this is you have two characters, uh, one that you're going to pick from at the beginning and the other you can go do back afterwards. One is called Yurito. Uh, and the other is female. Her name is Kasane. Uh, they're both young cadets in what is called the OSF, which stands for, I believe it's other suppression force. Um, because they live in an alternate future of earth where a couple of things have happened. One humans have developed these psych, uh, psychosis type abilities right so they can control different elements and things with their minds um like when you're actually going around the main cities uh of this world there's all these ar advertisements that are just being consistently broadcast to everyone's brains because they can just see these things naturally through their own eyes um and those who are the most elite end up becoming cadets in the osf and in what the OSF is in charge of is that there is this entity that has appeared on earth that is simply just called the others. Um, and they're really creepy looking because they're kind of like half genetic infused. So like one of the early ones you see has like really long human legs, uh, almost like the lamp from freaking uh, <laughs> Christmas story. <laughs> but then like, you'll have some machine, weird type top to them or some weird thing. Like there's a crocodile, like where his face is a crocodile, but his body is made out of metal and it can kind of be like a ribbon that expands and he shoots out fire out of his mouth. Um, and it's your job to go and, you know, fight these others and kind of keep them so that they don't harm the general populace. Right. So yeah, you're the new cadets here. And regardless of like, you know, it, there is some choice as to who you're going to play first because each of their these two characters, they do have their own uh, stories going on. So you'll see them early together in the game, but very quickly they kind of get put into different companies, right? And throughout the game, their paths will cross. They're very much, it kind of feels like fate in, intertwined, right? Like where even though they're doing different things, in a way, the actions are kind of leading back to things that affect one another, um, and I won't go too far into that. But so you play as each of them at different times of the game, or is it you select which one you want to play? Yeah, you select which one you want to play first, do that storyline, and then you can come back and do the other one. Okay. Yeah, okay. and they they each have their own fighting style. Uh, Yurito is more of traditional, like straight up platinum games like here's a sword rushing in very close um you know those kind of things whereas kasane uh has a set of daggers uh that she can throw as a projectile and then call back to her through her abilities uh and you know so far if you're thinking this just sounds like another bayonetta hold on a second because let's just get into the what the combat actually really is Okay. So while you have your traditional, like, well, I'm, I'm playing as Yurito, 
That's the one I've been doing. I'm I'm about there's 12 total chapters I think in his storyline and I'm on chapter like 9 towards the end of it. So I'm getting close to the end, uh but not quite there yet. But uh so you know, you're starting off and all you're doing, you know, you're slashing and you're you're hitting people up in the air and jumping up and slashing them some more. And if that's all it was, this would get old real fast. What makes it cool is throughout the environment, anything that's just like around a bike, a, you know, a chunk of wall, whatever, you can hold down the right trigger and all of a sudden grab that item and then throw it with your psychic abilities (laughs) at your enemies. And it starts simple. But man, does it escalate real quickly down to the point where one of the cool ones I enjoyed was there was uh, we were in a subway (laughs) and uh, there was a line of enemies and there was an old subway cart. There are these bigger ones when you hold down the left trigger. I lift up the train and heave it down the tracks (laughs) and take out like 20 enemies (laughs) at once. It's like things like that, that like, you're just like, dear Lord, this gets crazy uh, real fast. There's a lot going on screen. You also have like um, these things like a brain drive, which is kind of like an overdrive mode where it builds up Mm -hmm. over time. And all of a sudden you, uh, you put on your hood and you've got this cool kind of like, LED mask going on and you're just moving at light speed doing maximum damage and everything like like the box art. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Looks a little bit like that. Yes. Uh, And there's also a place in it called the brain field, which is interesting because it's this part where you're tapping into your true power, so to speak to project everyone onto an astral plane in your mind And you're just consistently heaving large objects at them, doing mass amounts of damage. But the the kicker is, because it's like an overdrive mode, the longer you stay in it, the more it begins to depreciate your health. And if you stay too long, you'll die. So you kind of have to time it out. Like, you need to be like, okay, this enemy, like if you're fighting a boss, is usually what I say before, the boss is down to say like 25%. It's like, okay, now we're taking, you know, let's heal all the way up and let's take them in this brain field and and finish this sucker off, you know, do all the hits that we need to. (laughs) The other thing that is cool with the combat is there's a thing called the SAS system. So I can't remember what it stands for, but basically you have your other teammates. And while you have a true psycho or psychosis ability, right? Your other teammates, they have other enhancements to themselves. So like one of, um, and it's different uh, skill sets based on which character you're doing with. The one I had, like I had a girl who was a pyromancer. Uh, so, you know, she could just consistently set things on fire. One dude is kind of like a true defense guy that all he does is just shield up and kind of absorb all that energy so he can get in and just use the energy is absorbed to do mass damage back, uh, Mm -hmm. to his enemies. Uh, there's one who's a teleporter and then there is one that, uh, has a clairvoyance. So you'll have these enemies that either kind of put haze in the room or else are just invisible yourself and you have to use her clairvoyance uh, to be able to detect them. So the SAS system basically is this idea where you can take all your teammates' abilities and tap them into yourself. So 
you can be doing your mass damage, hurling rocks and everything, call on like the pyromancer ability. And all of a sudden you're coming in here and like, say there's a element out there that spits oil. You can get them coated in oil, tap into her ability, rush in, and then just do like this tornado of fire on them and just watch them burn completely to the ground (laughs) in front of you. Um, And as it goes even later on, you start to be able to use more than one ability at once. So the teleporter, I really like to use with that pyromancer because I could just sit there and kind of zip from point to point without ever being detected. And then all of a sudden just unleash hurricanes of fire on them and, you know, just continually rain down and do massive damage, uh, to everyone around me. Um, and it's it's a blast. It's a little bit repetitive at first, and I'm wondering if I'm going to feel like it's a little bit repetitive at the end. But so far, even though the enemy variety isn't extreme through 75% of the game, I do feel like I'm consistently using every element of that system to get by because there's just like some enemies that if you don't use like the dude's defense ability, for instance you're going to take so many hits trying to do any kind of damage that you're going to die very quickly or have to use a lot of healing um, to get by. Uh, but when you actually figure out what the correct skills are that you need to put together, it you when it clicks, you're just like, okay, this is tight. And I, I, this is so unique and so different than, say, something like Bayonet, which had its own uniqueness too, right? Or Devil May Cry. Um, and it's been a blast. Um, then we get to... Uh, Quick question. Quick question on the interchangeability. Well, not interchangeability, but is this so? When you finish the game as one character, do you have to start the the? Do you have to play? Does it continue, or is it, or is it is it more Dishonored two mm-hmm. options between characters, or is it more Resident Evil two remake? Because playing as Jill and then playing as Leon you know, you get completely different aspects of a story. Yeah. So um, is it like, is it like that? It's definitely more like resident evil too. Um, I mean, okay. I have every intention of going back and playing. And I think the good thing is that you can kind of carry over progress into new games plus by doing it. So therefore okay, you, cool. you know, you're not starting off from nothing again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's plenty of elements in this where when you're looking at it, like I'll sit there and I'll arrive and Kasane is there and some big thing has just happened. And I have no idea how we got to this point, why she just did what she did, what the, the thinking was or anything. And it doesn't really tell you for a good bit either, or even give you a hint as to what it is. You kind of have to let events in your own storyline unfold to where Yurito learns exactly what's going on and gets his perspective on things. Um, the other thing, as far as this being an RPG, as I said before, you had the the grid field. But the other side really is the the character relationships. Um, so between every mission, you kind of go back to a hideout and you have these bonding missions you can do with people. You you talk to them. You give them gifts. As you increase your bond with them, you, you gain more SAS abilities and things like that. So it's encouraged to spend time like, doing things to build up your relationships. And I have to give them credit. Like I can't speak for the Japanese voice acting, but the American voice acting in this or English, sorry, uh, 
is top notch. Like these characters, I've really enjoyed them so far. It reminds me a lot of like when I played Fire Emblem Three Houses last year, where you know, sure they they kind of have tropes that they fit into, right? Like you're like this is this guy versus you know, here's the shy you know introverted girl on the team and that kind of thing, and here's your bestest buddy from when you were growing up and all of that. Um, but they they're interesting to learn about and to actually sit through some of their conversations and to hear like what they struggle with and how these powers have kind of affected their lives in different ways. Like the clairvoyant girl, she's like, yeah, I had to like deal with, you know, being four years old and all of a sudden being able to hear everyone's thoughts in the world and what they're thinking and hearing things I shouldn't even be able to, you know, no person should have to hear from someone else, but like I'm hearing everyone's the you know thoughts all the time, like things like that. Um, I've heard from people who like Persona and those kind of games. This is going to probably be the aspect of this one that you really would enjoy. Uh, there's those connections. Um, and I don't know how much to go into the story. The story itself, uh, it is convoluted. It is all I'm all I'm wondering is why I'm why I'm fighting creatures with goat legs and dresses with flowers coming out. I told the top. you, I told you they are really weird and disturbing. Those are the others. Um and like <laughs> this thing hits on everything from government corruption and you know betrayal, uh, you know, friends who are put in very nefarious situations and you don't know how it's going to affect them uh religion you know there's there's a lot of things and betrayals going through and it's i'm interested to see if it can stick the landing i i I don't know yet you know i think it's just gonna be one of those things at least till i get through the urito run i'm probably not gonna know for certain i'm hopeful my only issue with the story has been so far there is a period of this game in the mid chapters where again, I've said like, you don't know the other main team's intentions, like what's driving them. And it just feels like there's no good reason why these characters couldn't take five seconds to stop and be like, Hey, can you just explain this to me real quick before we, uh, before we do this with the blades, you know, can we, can we have that moment where we, maybe talk this out. And then like, if we both still feel a way about this, then we'll go down that path and we'll see who's the Highlander in this scenario. Um, cause it, it's just like, it, it's like about six, seven hours of the game where you're like, this could have been solved in five minutes. And when it finally does resolve, that's about as quickly as it happens. Um, the other thing is like, you're going to have these points where, where I'm talking about like where you go and you're talking these characters having these bonding episodes. You also have those for uh, people on other teams and it doesn't make sense because you can, you have instances in this game where the people that you're talking with, you're completely in conflict with at that moment, but they're like, no, screw that, man. I just want to hang out and talk to you. Let's just go to the bar and, and talk to you real quick. Or Yurito has a status himself, like of how he's being viewed in public. And you're like, you probably shouldn't be going to a general restaurant at this point to, you know, to talk with people. You should probably be like fleeing the city and, and stuff like that. And <laughs> those are the parts where I'm like, ugh, um, I don't know about that. 
Um, so what, uh, what's the structure like? Is it is it open worldish or is it level based? No, it's it's definitely linear. Like you have a bunch of set locations, <clears throat> and you'll revisit these uh, from time to time as as new things come up. But everything is pretty much a, a an organized level, and you consistently feel like you're moving in a straight line. Um, there are a couple of levels where I do think the game doesn't do a very good job with its mini map as far as they're, they're not so much linear paths as they are squares with various floor levels. Right. Mm -hmm. And figuring out what is the right path to somewhere or trying to retrace back because you've got to find a key here and go back to there to open this thing up, which then gives you an R key, which then you have to go back three floors up to go use is not necessarily always the greatest. And like, there were a couple moments in that where I was just like, I would really love just a, a waypoint button, you know, like that says this direction right now, you know, and yeah. doesn't really give you that. You kind of just have to keep running around till you find the right way. Um, and I don't know, maybe you youngins, you can handle that these days, but you know, us old folks, the, the brain is slipping every day. So it, <laughs> just the reality of the situation right um well the style it's very stylistic it's it's it almost looks like um it almost looks like an up version of astral chain it kind of has the same look yeah uh to it and I, and the combat looks very fluid how's it running um performance wise is it doing what it's supposed to do on xbox series x yeah i mean as far as like i said even though it's maybe a little bit slow to save and a little bit slow to load um compared to other things I've seen, it definitely runs like a champ when you're actually in there. I haven't ever had a point where there's been a frame rate drop or anything like that. Um, it's, it's fun uh, as far as that part. Um, I'm trying to think of other things to talk about here without really giving away or, or spoiling things. Um, but one of the parts I have not liked, and I've just kind of realized real quick, I don't need this and I have had no desire to go to is the side quests in the game, which are haven't seen a lot of them, to be honest. Like they're, they're only in a few areas that you can pick them up and they're actually hard to discern on the map because you have like all these little white circles that are supposed to just be random humans that I guess you could just go up and you want to hear them say two lines of dialogue to you. Right. Um, and that's it. And you move on with your life. Uh, they're there, but then on those same maps every now and then there's like a little white square that that's where the side quest giver is. And basically all they're doing is they're giving you an excuse to go back to areas you've already been to farms something and come back and give it to them. There's like no real story to them. So, you know, if you're just someone who wants grinding, I guess that's there for you for someone who wants to hit max level in this game. Uh, if that's what matters to you. But for me, I haven't really seen a need. You know, I consistently like the thing that's cool about this is as you're going around these environments, there's a lot of uh, various substances and stuff that you can pick up. Right. Instead of like I was thinking at first, oh, well, obviously, I'm just going to go trade this off and where I get my money. Instead, you could take these and instead of selling them off, you just exchange them for things instead to upgrade through that way. So. I mainly save my money for the most part 
on either if I want to buy different cosmetic items, which I really haven't gotten into, but I could. There's a ton of them in there. Like you want to make your person look like a bunny, you can. That's that's your thing. I, I don't know. You know, you want to go down that route, you go right ahead. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not here to judge you. But like I mainly use it just to make sure certain things that I need for the bigger fights are in stock. Um, I also don't like its menu management, mainly not so much in menus itself, but more so in combat. So the way it works is like you have a, your D pad just goes between different items and then you press down to use them. And it just sucks cycling between them because you can't really organize them or just say, I only want these things kind of like you would do in a dark souls game where you're like, these are the things that I'm using as my items at this moment for this fight. Like here's my healing property and say this enemy is weak to fire. Cool. Let me go ahead and have some, you know, something that can put fire on my sword for a minute if I need to, to do some extra damage. That's not really here. It's more of just like, Hey, do you want to use, and like the healing in this is called jelly. Uh, you start with light jelly. And then, of course, uh, you get to things like uh, max jelly is the end game one. But like you have two forms oh, of that. You're ready for this jelly. I, I thought I was. I was not. Uh, but you have like two forms of jelly, right? You have like one that just heals yourself and one that heals your uh, your your party as well. Right. And making sure you're switching between that and keeping tabs on everything I just don't think it does a great job. Um, the other thing with your your teammates, you can set different settings on them. Like if you want them to be people that heal first or if they just attack first and that's all they uh, they focus on. Uh, what up, 8-Bit Opa, by the way? Um, but I just found you could leave them in the base and they'll just do their thing. It's all primarily going to come down to you. You know, it, it, it's... 90% of this combat is going to be you being a god. <laughs> um, so that's that's primarily where I focused my time at, was just taking care of business and all that. Um, but yeah, there are, like, regardless of, like, some of the moments being a little bit more like, okay, this is just getting ridiculous. There are some others, uh, as far as the story itself, that took me by surprise, and I was shocked to watch them and transpire on screen where I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's pretty freaking crazy. Um, you know, without spoiling anything here. And you, a lot of emotional ties to these characters where you feel like when something happens to one of them, you just, you feel for them. You, you don't want to see any pain on these kids. You just want to see yeah. them get by. Want to see them do good. Yeah. Just want, just want them to go be able to hang out in the city and, you know, go get some ramen or whatever. Because they do that. <laughs> That's what they do. But besides that, I don't know if I have much more to say. Unless you got any questions, John. I'm, I'm going to make this a short topic if I can. I think I think everything's been answered. It's like I I, I, kinda, I took a quick peek, and it looks like the level-up system, It remi- it's it's probably not exactly like this, but it reminds me of uh, a, a watered-down version of um, Valhalla. So, yeah, yeah, in the sense of you're just leveling up and it gives you BP points and then you go spend them on your uh, your abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Pick what you want. And, I mean, like, I would say there's really not 
a ton of branching. It, it's not Valhalla in the sense of like you could play as the stealth person or the arrow person or the tank, right? It's more of like, do you just want to have more combo abilities? Do you want to have more um, additional support abilities? Like, you know, as far as like having a, a larger gauge for your psych psychosis abilities, right? Or do you want to be able to air dash, you know, in combat and keep that chain going, right? Do more damage, if you will. Do you want to have enhanced abilities when you're like in your brain uh, dance and brain field abilities so that they'll do more damage when you pull them up when they actually do happen? Um, it's not really so much changing your 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 gameplay style you're always going to be a guy with a sword in the case if you're yurito or you're going to be a girl with daggers if you're uh kasane you know it's just picking what you want it uh to focus on as far as what you care most about your gameplay experience so who needs to play this who needs to play it um i definitely think if you're a fan of the platinum games if you enjoy I think if you enjoy the conversations of Persona, this is probably uh, in your wheelhouse, you know. So, yeah. I mean, John, you definitely have fun. You might think it's a little bit too long. Um, like, Bayonetta 2 wasn't, what, maybe like 15, 20 hours, right? Yeah, you could stretch it that far. Yeah. If like you wanted to. This, I would say, a playthrough is probably going to be 25 hours just one time through. And if you think about it, you're doing that twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might get a little bit long in the tooth to see the whole entire thing through. But gotcha. uh, I'm, I'm definitely planning to see it through. Um, one hour complaint. Play clock does not stop. You get to saves. says I've been playing this game for 200 hours. Nah, it's just that my Xbox was in suspended state and just kept recording <laughs> as I was playing the whole entire time. So does it do the does it do the classic shaming at the end of every area? Does it give you a rank? No, it does not do that. It does yeah, not. Okay. No, okay. no. It doesn't. It doesn't make you feel like you want to kill yourself, or no, it does not. <laughs> it does not uh, make you, you know, put on the chicken hat like if you're yeah. in a Kojima game if you suck and you just need to get through <laughs> or anything like that. No, no, they're being okay. very nice. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, very cool. Also, very cool art style uh, to watch the cutscenes. Oh yeah, scenes. it looks really, it looks really pleasing to the eye aesthetically. Yeah, there aren't too many like full animated scenes, but when they do them, they're usually for a good reason. The rest of the time, it yep. just kind of like looks like this cool manga, like moving manga comic, where sometimes it's panels and then we'll cut to like a person actually speaking, and it's just interesting to look at. Uh, I've never once like visually playing this game been like oh well that's a little bit of a letdown you know it's like no no it, it looks great through and through and as you said also disturbing uh through and through especially with some of these enemies that you face <laughs> well looks like uh looks like i guess i might get my party jelly on <laughs> if you're ready for this jelly better be ready do you have it. a do you have a richard you want to slap on the table I think provisionally right now I'm probably at an eight. Um, it's not something where I'm like the story is taking me to a place yet where I'm so affected and so convinced it's going to deliver the home run that I'm ready to go high on it. But I will say the story, if it does hit, it could definitely push the score 
up for me uh, once I do finish Ooh. this game. But yeah, I, I think it's a solid time. I think for someone who is definitely more into this kind of style of game, it probably would be higher. I don't see what right. would be ticking you off. Like, you know, if you, if you really like um, that, you know, anime culture and all that manga and all that, those storylines and how they present themselves. Uh, I think there's probably going to be a lot for you here. And uh, again, as we said, if you love those devil may cries, bayonettas, um, I'm trying to think of others offhand, but I'm just like drawing a blank at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. Those are the best two. <laughs> you don't need anything else besides devil may cry and Bay- bayonetta, right? That's my opinion. At least. Maybe you need Scarlet yeah, you Nexus. Might throw uh, <laughs> you might throw Ninja Gaiden in there. True, true. I guess. See, yeah, and I don't want to say things like Xenoblade or that because those are more RPGs. It, you know? Oh yeah, those are very RPG. Yeah. And that's definitely not the case here. But yeah, that sounds good. I might I might just order it tonight. Do it. Why don't you buy it digitally? Because I like trade in value. You know, people like you, just got holding us back. Just move us forward already, John. Give in. Hey, man, game, <laughs> I got to cover more games for this show, and it's just less expensive that way. <laughs> true. Very true. Well, you know, maybe it'll come to Games Pass. Have you heard of Games Pass, John? It's uh, all access. Yeah, I have, a, I have a Games Pass machine right here. Yeah. Sitting right here. Right there. Right, Chow? That's right, Chow. Right, Chow? <laughs> John, uh, do you want to give an update on your woes with Assassin's Creed, by the way, on your... Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. So two things. Two things. Um, <clears throat> here's here's the here's what I've learned. It's not necessarily a, the... It's not going to hurt anything, per se, but it's, it's not really going to do you much good just taking your two terabyte hard drive over to your Xbox Series S from an Xbox One X. So a couple of things happened. I I just I deleted my my digital copy of Assassin's Creed Rogue and simply went into the store from the Xbox Series X and downloaded it. And what that did is it downloaded that version for the Xbox Series X, which is probably why I was having all there that trouble. There you go. Yeah. Secondly, and and while it doesn't have the same it doesn't it still doesn't look as good as it does on 1X, I can tell you that deleting um deleting the hard drive the external hard drive version of odyssey and re-downloading that made it look a lot better as well Good. so my score is going up for the series s it's turning out to be a very lovely option for someone who's simply sticking it on a 2k monitor and and, yeah. and things like that um x um jedi fallen order looks great runs great it's optimized for for the system so so i'm having a i'm 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 feeling a whole lot better about it this week than i was last week so things are changing for the better i'm glad yep uh 8.5 jedi (laughs) fallen order uh does that run at 60 frames on series s yes okay that's yeah it's up it's it's if you go into the store you'll see it's optimized for the series s and x Mm. X and S. X S. Don't want to get it twisted. I know which one comes first. S X Excess. Excess. Yes. Excess. <laughs> uh John, you want to do some news? 
Oh, more than anything in the world. Good oh. review, man. Yep. I um, I definitely want to play check this game out. You would, I think you would enjoy it, John. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! I jumped it. What's great about it is the way my headphones are set. I could just tell how much peakage there was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, John. Yeah? Why don't you tell us about the state of play? Well, here's here's the state of play for you, Chris. Sony has announced a 30-minute state of play that will focus on Deathloop, Indies, and third-party games. The presentation is set to last about 30 minutes and will take place on Thursday, July 8th at 5 p.m. Fans, uh, that's Eastern time. Uh, fans of the upcoming Deathloop will see a, quote, nine-minute look at Deathloop's time-twisted world. Uh, Sony was explicit, or as I, as I spelled it out, explicit... <laughs> that this state of play will not feature any news on God of War, which doesn't exist. It's not real. Mm. Horizon Forbidden West or the next generation of VR. So Sean will not be tuning in, but we'll tell him about it. We'll tell him what was there. I don't even know if I need to see this nine minute thing of Deathloop. If I'm being honest, I'm I've seen everything I I need to see. I don't either. (laughs) And I don't, I don't have any anticipation of what they could show in addition to that. I don't know if we would get new footage of Bridge of Spirits. I, I know that's I know that releases Yeah. Sometime in August, um, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. You're right. Um I um, just I just I really just want to know. I wish they would just tell us whether Horizon's coming out this year or not. I I just I would I, I don't care about what I don't I don't need to see anything. I just want to know when it's coming out. I think they want to tell you when it's coming out, but they just they uh, you know they don't want to say something and then take it back two weeks later either <laughs> so they've gone a step away from what phil has done they he is committed to the holiday i don't think sony has committed to holiday for this they they said they're they're they would like to do it yeah just not sure if they can get it done at this point yeah they have they did not put any indication as to when it was coming out when they showed that uh Stay of play for it back in May. Uh, we, Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm going to drool over the footage for Deathloop, but I'm with you. I mean, I'm sold on it. Just, just, yeah. You know, I don't need. I don't need to see anything else. But I'll, I'll definitely take a look. This is true. Um, but hoping for some neat little indies to come out because it, um, they've had some bad press on indies, which you know I yeah. didn't seem to cover here, but. Um, I Hopefully want good stuff coming out. The only thing I was thinking of with Deathloop, I was like, Deathloop might be the last time I ever actually phys- like buy, pay seventy dollars or whatever for it. But that's the game. That's the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably be the very last time. <laughs> there is that Tokyo game. I don't know if that's committed. To, I think that's isn't that a Sony exclusive? Ghostwire. It is a launch exclusive. So I, you know, okay. that being a horror game, I probably I'm not running to that one. Whereas. Sure. I feel like I want to tell myself that I should wait to see what happens with Deathloop, but at the same time, my mind goes, it's arcane, and it's arcane, and that's all I need is that it's arcane. So, you know, I kind of need to play it. For sure. Um, We got some PlayStation Now editions, John. Tell me more. Sony has announced new additions to the PlayStation Now library. 
The list includes Red Dead Redemption 2, the top-selling game of, uh, what was it, John? 2018. 2018? Uh, 2018? Yeah. yeah, I think you're right, 2018. God of War, <laughs> Neo 2, Judgment, Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. That'll be the one I get. Uh, moving <laughs> out and, oh, no, wait, never mind. NASCAR Heat 5, that's the title. That's uh, right. They have joined, as of July, Red Dead Redemption 2 will only be available on the service through November 1st, 2021, and it will only be available via download, meaning you will not be able to stream it on your device. I, guess I don't see that. I see that as a plus, not a negative. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, a lot of people. I don't know how you would stream that game. <laughs> yeah, that's that one's going to be, that one will be tough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, PlayStation now was getting slowly better over time. Um, The strength of the PS4 and PS5 library is what's really going to make this more appealing. Um, But I am just curious what PlayStation now turns into this generation. These, these are some, these, a lot of great titles here, but um, I, I just would be very interested to see what PlayStation now looks like. Um, at the end of this generation, what it's going to be, if it's going to be anything at all. Yeah. Because, you know, they've, they've mentioned that they're, they're trying to do something in the vein of game pass, but God knows what that's going to look like. Yeah. At some point they're going to have to make a decision if they're going to go all in. And the moment they do, I mean, the moment you hear, you know, Spider-Man two is coming day one to PlayStation now, then everything changes. Right. But until that moment, it's, it's a nice, like I kind of look at it more as what EA play has been. And Ubisoft uh, has had their own little service there, right. Where it's like, yeah, we have these things where after they've been out for a while, we have no problem just saying, give us a, a sub- subscription fee and we will gladly let you, you know, try it out. If that's what's more appealing to you than, giving us 60 to $70 every title because they know they've made their money's worth already. So they're fine with it. Speaking, yeah, I, keep, oh. I keep getting closer and closer to pulling the trigger on it. Mm. Uh, speaking of getting your money's worth, John. <laughs> well, there's a director's cut. Yeah. It was finally announced. Now we talked about it as a rumor last week. There were rumors, a very well established rumor we pretty much knew but it's been officially confirmed ghost of tsushima butchered that director's cut has officially been announced for both playstation 4 and playstation 5 this version will include ps5 specific enhancements plus a new icky Siland. icky island <laughs> nikki i don't know maybe i don't know maybe i didn't have my glasses on uh, the new director's cut will come to both consoles on August 20th. It will include the original game, every bit of additional content Sucker Punch pro- uh, production released, plus a new island to explore as part of the Iki Island. There you I go. It wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Iki Island expansion. This area will add a new, <laughs> geez, will add a new chapter in Jen's adventure. PS4 players will be able to pre-order an upgrade to the director's cut for 1999. PS4 players who own the director's cut can upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version of the director's cut for $9.99. Anyone with the original PlayStation 4 copy of Ghost of Tsushima looking to upgrade to the director's cut on PS5 will have to pay $29.99. Anyone buying the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut for the first time 
it will be 70 on PS5 uh, and 60 on PS4. They should have just stuck with 60 on both. Um, yeah, there's my opinion. There's a lot of controversy of, around this. Um, for oh, one, yeah, for one, it's not really clear. They have said some of the PS5 features will be available to those who have the PS4 version, but not all of them. I mean, they did a 60 frames per second upgrade, but that's it, right? Like here, it sounds like they're actually going to, you know, up textures, uh, change it to, you know, 4k output, all that kind of good jazz Add the dual sense controller support. And I think, uh, for those who like to play Japanese, um, what you call it, uh, voiceovers, they went back and made it so that they match up better. Uh, to what the English speakers uh, voice cuts did. But yeah. I just, to me, it's really hard to sell this on me, at least until I see what the DLC is. I mean, I yeah, Platinum, this game, I didn't love this game, though. I think I was pretty clear on that. Um, you're talking $30 for an expansion here, and it's $30 no matter what, like day one. Right. Like we're not talking about like this, this DLC came out and now they're putting out a director's cut, which is the game plus the DLC all packaged in one six months later. Right. You're talking about day one, $30, which means that if you bought this game when it first came out to play all this content, you're talking about 90 total dollars now for everything. And you know, if this ends up being like something like the Witcher expansions where between the two of them, it was like 25 bucks, but it was like 30 hours of new gameplay to go play. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine. If it's like miles Morales was, you know, you know, where that was like a good 10 hour campaign for what the original one was about 20 to 30 hours total doing everything. I could see it, but if this is like a six hour experience and you're saying, to play this on PS five in the way it's supposed to be played. You're, you're having to basically pay half of what you paid originally to get that. That's, um, that's a bit of an ask for me. And, and on top of that, again, depending on what the features are that people get for free on PS five, that's just feels like more money grabbing. Like, you know, give us 10 bucks just so you can play the, you know, the nice version of the game as opposed to like you look at their competitors where it's like, hey, Gears 5 comes out on day one for Series X and S. It's like, here are the full PC suite of settings. It's there for you. It's, you know, it runs just as good now as it does on PC and looks just as great. Except now you can play it on your 65-inch TV with HDR and all that other good jazz. I don't, I don't really like this idea of nickel and diming gamers for something that's already out, right? It's one thing if we're doing it for, for new things. Fine. I, I can't accept this, but this just feels more of like, we're going to milk this as much as we can for as many dollars. I'm never a big fan of that. No matter who it is that's doing it. I can see your point. Um, yeah. I'd be curious. I, the dumb question I have is, is it upgradable for someone who with a physical copy of the PlayStation 4 version? I don't know that either. And like, if, if As long as I have the disc in the system, can I upgrade it, mm-hmm. you know, via... That, that's that's kind of what I would want to know. Because it doesn't really... <clears throat> it goes into detail. I got to give them credit for it. It goes into detail. Is this what you're going to pay for? This is, this is what it is. But it doesn't... 
it leaves the question of what if I just have the physical copy? Am yeah. I just am I just screwed on all fronts? Um, <clears throat> You're definitely screwed if you have the physical copy, but you bought a digital PS5 like I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is, you know, this was, I mean, this is a fan favorite. This, you know, this is a, this was a great success for, for oh, Sucker yeah. Punch Tony, but, um, you know, I don't, it just seems to me, like, for example, it didn't have an expansion, but Last of Us Remastered was, what was it, thirty nine ninety nine the remaster or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> then you've got, then you've got um, the Uncharted trilogy, which was I think the same price. Um, you know, I can appreciate new content. You know, if, if you say this is a fifteen hour expansion, mm-hmm. maybe. You know. Yeah. I just don't know much about. Uh, we, we we just know so little. Hopefully they talk about it a little. Maybe they'll talk about it a little bit this week. Maybe. Probably not their state of play, but I wouldn't be surprised if like a week or two <clears throat> out you get a direct or something or they just put out a trailer saying like, hey, here's a teaser to the story that you're going to be doing on this island. Or or we just could be living in a fantasy world. Hey, speaking of fantasies, oh. uh, Final Fantasy fourteen has hit a new record of concurrent players count. Uh, on Steam, even though there has been no new content, expansions, or events to uh, generate the spike. The game managed to break its concurrent player count, again peaking at 47,542 players in those 24 hours. The previous record of concurrent players was 41,200, which was back in June of last year. Many speculate that this spike is attributed to the WoW streamers turning their attention to Final Fantasy XIV over the last couple of months. Endwalker, the next expansion for the series, is uh, planned for release on November 23rd, 2021. I know a friend of the show, uh, Mike D, is definitely counting the days down till he can digest that content. Um, Chris, Chris, what if we had 40,000 people watching us? Concurrently? Yeah, that'd be very nice. <laughs> We'd probably be uh playing Among Us or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, this has been building for a while. Um, you know, of course, Sean went and back to this game for a good bit. Uh Asma Gold, who's huge in the WoW community, uh, has been playing it lately. From what I'm gathering as far as them, it's you know, definitely not someone who has my finger on the pulse here, just kind of reading the tea leaves. There's just a lot of people who have not enjoyed the last number of expansions of WoW. Uh, I think like Asma Gold even said, like the best WoW game that Blizzard has released in the last five years was a remake of a game that came out 15 years ago. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> kind of uh, as far as wow classic and even a friend of the show josh primarily when i see him online right now he's playing wow classic he's not playing uh the new stuff that much he might run in a little bit josh if you're here please shout out and tell me i'm wrong but uh you know we've seen a lot of people leave blizzard the last couple of years here and maybe this is proof why it's like you get a bunch of people going like no we we don't enjoy making this content and uh yeah, we're just going to go do something else with our lives, you know, and eventually might, 
I'm sure eventually whenever the next WoW expansion or something happens or people just get tired and bored with it, they'll uh, return back from Final Fantasy XIV. But the good thing is there's a ton of content there for those people who have never experienced before, and you can sink hundreds of hours into it easily uh, if you've never touched it. So I think that's what you're finding is a bunch of WoW players that are now getting in there and going like, hey, something new, something feels good. Let's see where yeah, it if goes. I was, if I was to jump into one, I think this would this would be the one. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that interesting? Well, your dogs think something's interesting. <laughs> um, they found that they found that very interesting. They're like, no, John, <laughs> just calling you out on your BS right there. <laughs> <laughs> Liar! He's lying. Stream. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um. <laughs> uh, John, if you were going to play Final Fantasy XIV, would you want an OLED screen to do it? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, but it's it's uh, it's not going to happen in this case. So, um, <laughs> so Chris, if there's anything that is there, in, if there's anything that's been a highly anticipated news topic, one of the biggest anticipated news topics of the year. Mm-hmm. And it sneaks its way in on a Tuesday, on a slow Tuesday morning after a long holiday. Yeah. It's almost the way, like they did this on purpose, right? It, it's <laughs> like they knew that this, well, like, we're not going to meet expectations here. So we're just going to slide it in real slow. Yeah. So Nintendo has revealed the long rumored uh, new Switch model, the Nintendo Switch oled or oled if you will rolls it will off the be tongue. released on what's that i said it rolls off the tongue doesn't it rolls off the tongue <laughs> uh it will be released on october 8th and retail for 349 um the new model will feature a seven inch oled screen with the size of the console remaining unchanged which is pretty much what i thought yeah um the console will also feature a wider adjustable base stand enhanced audio whatever that means um before every game it'll have that thx drone (laughs) uh it'll have a 64 bit uh 64 gig rather uh gigabytes of internal storage and a wired LAN port in the dock the new model also does not appear to have a 4k tv output when docked or improved performance uh resolution and battery life will remain the same uh, the console will come in an all-white version as well as the classic red and blue variation. Chris, are you as excited as I am? And I'm just checking here yeah. to see if it is. So uh, pre-orders at the time of this recording are still not live. Mm. So that's... I will say this. The, the all-white console looks very pretty and is a nice aesthetic because it's releasing with Metroid, right? The Was it Metroid Dread, right? Um, and, yeah. you know, I know there's like a white-black enemy in that. So I was like, okay, I see why you did that. So it looks yeah, very, my, that looks very my interest. My interest in this console might strictly be dependent on whether there's a, uh, a <laughs> special bundle? edition Metroid version of this console. Yeah. Um. I think this is a good get for anyone who is one hasn't jumped onto the switch bandwagon yet or two primarily. I think this was a, I think this made a lot of people happy who primarily play this thing as a handheld device. Yeah. Cause it's got that new kickstand. That's like 
wide and really nice. And if there's one thing that's been complained about from day one, it was the little flimsy kickstand that came on the original. That's just like waiting to break off at yeah. any, you know, especially with kids. Um, yeah, my, oh, too. my first, my first switch, um, Aiden took care of that one real quick. <laughs> I bet he did. My theory on this is this is Nintendo making the best out of a bad situation. Um, I know there's like a lot of people going after the the YouTubers who have been making all these predictions. Some of them like very far and outlandish. Like you're just going, huh? But like when I go back and I look at the actual Wall Street and Bloomberg articles leading up to this. They were both very much down the same line. And, and a lot of what they said is true in there, right? You know, OLED screen and it's going to be this big and all that kind of stuff. And they were aiming for the fall and was starting production June, all that kind of stuff. The only thing that's missing is the 4K optimization. And in my mind, I think this is just Nintendo going, we've ordered all these OLED screens. We're not going to sit here and let them sit for a year and a half until this stupid microprocessing and semiconductor chip shortage works itself out. Screw it. Put it on the console. Sell it with what we already know is in there and works. Uh, and throw in a LAN port for the redesign for the uh, for you know the docking station. And let's just move these. And I don't know, you know. One of the reasons I'm not rushing to buy this, especially, is that would be my fear is that when things maybe look good in fall of 2022, they do come back and then go, yeah, here's the 4K version now. And that's the Switch Pro and, and you know, saying, like, now it does 4K with a better chip. Or they very well might just go, this was a nice idea, but reality as is, we're this much closer to our new console anyways, which, you know... Switch is definitely starting to be something that's long in the tooth, especially compared to its competitors. Um, they might just go ahead and say, screw it and wait till they go to the next generation before they make these kind of leaps because it'll just be easier for them to make them then. I don't know though. Yeah. You know, when you think about it and, and you know, a lot of the blame on this or a lot of the frustration seems to be online targeted toward Nintendo and, 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 and look, we have to learn that Nintendo doesn't release the switch pro. That's not what they do. Um, I wanted it to exist, but I mean, take the, take, take the 3ds, for example, it came out with the 3ds clamshell design. Then it came out with the 2ds. Then it came out with the 3ds XL. Then it came out with the new three Nintendo 3ds. If you look at it from that context, that is Nintendo's MO. Mm. Nintendo's MO is not to bump it up to 4K. They just, they've never operated like that. The Wii never went to 1080p. You know, many people during the life cycle of the, um, the Wii were expecting an upgrade, an upresed, let's do a high definition version of the Wii, but they never got it. Yeah, just a so, controller. <laughs> you know, yeah. So <laughs> the problem is when Bloomberg and Wall Street Journal get in on this, you take this seriously. You start to take this. Yeah. Very seriously. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a really pretty system. The docking station is sleeker. It looks nice. But I play the I play this I play my switch docked. Yeah, same. So unless we hear something new in the next few weeks, 
which I don't think we will, this is virtually no difference in performance, frame rate, resolution. There's nothing you're getting out of this other than an aesthetically different thing. And yeah. look, the OLED screen, I mean, that thing is going to look great in handheld. It really is. And the 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 hardcore Nintendo fanboy I am, there don't don't get me wrong, there's that part of me that goes, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. But do I really want it? You yeah. Know? And it's interesting, it's interesting that the Xbox Series S mm-hmm. is a better value than this thing right now. Yeah. Um so you know, I'd be curious <laughs> I'd be curious having Sean on the show right now to see um, he, how he'd feel about it. I, that's, uh, that's, we got to put a pin in it and make sure we ask him how he feels about this. He messaged um, me, um, this morning on discord. He said, Nintendo switch OLED or OLED. And I just replied back. Let's say that's what my reply was. He never said anything back. I was like, uh, I think fanboy <laughs> Sean's fuming on the other end. Uh, because yeah, yeah. you know, Sean is definitely, um, of all my friends, if there's anyone who can all of a sudden get on the hype train because there's a new thing that's really just the same thing, he's uh he's up there. <laughs> Love you, Sean. Yeah, I'm one of those I'm one of those guys that, you know, I I didn't necessarily had just had this just been a performance boost, forget four K. Yeah. I would have been I would have been I I would be waiting for, for the pre order here. Yeah, if you just like even if it wasn't four K, like in it might have been a thing where it's like, well, more of like what Xbox One X was, right? Where it's like, it's up to 4K. So, yeah, very simplified game can do 4K graphics. But I would have expected it to be generally between 1080p and 1440p, uh, you know, resolutions coming on here. But it would have just been the idea of here is something stronger that can maybe handle frame rates a little bit better. Right, like just load times. Exactly. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their load times aren't terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, like just to think, Breath of the Wild two having say an option where you could play it 1080p at 60 frames per second. That's tempting, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Or playing it with better graphics at 30 frames per second. That's also tempting, you know. Um, But. Or the just the general idea then that maybe when you do have it in handheld mode with an OLED that it has HDR and it has um and it has the ability to do 1080p at that point. That's I will nice. say I will say this, and I might change my mind on this because I might just not have an understanding of of the technology. But the PlayStation Vita had an OLED screen. Mm-hmm. Also had a bigger I'm, hard I'm, drive. I'm a little bit taken aback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm a little bit taken aback by this simply not being a replacement machine, yeah, rather than an addition to the family. Yeah. Um, because I do, I don't really think that 349 without 4K or some sort of performance enhancement mm. is justified in this case. I really, I mean, you seem to be pretty okay with it earlier uh, you, you made a comment earlier today to me it's not it's not like you know it's not like it's 400 and i understand that yeah i mean i don't really know with an oled screen that's been around for so long mm-hmm. it, it's not new technology there's nothing really to it i don't know that i would have been 
as many as they're selling, I just would have kept it at two ninety nine. I just don't. I didn't see the. It the reminds me a little bit of like when the Xbox uh, three sixty Elite came out, which was the one that introduced the HDMI port on the back. It kind of feels akin to that, where it's like it's the same console. It's just you know. <laughs> different visual display option was kind of the thing at the time here. It's like, well, it's the same console, but if you want an OLED instead of a regular here, pay us 50 bucks more. I mean, if you want to say what the bigger criticism for Nintendo should be at this point of their pricing is the fact that again, that console is now going on what six years, right? Or five years. Sorry. Yeah. Five years. Um, And there hasn't been a price drop once for the original system, you know, two ninety nine is still the standard for a regular Nintendo switch. And the fact that, as you said, like <laughs> you can go buy a series X <laughs> that is way doing way, way more for you. And the only thing is that it's not portable, which really isn't true given the fact that you can just have X cloud now. Um, if that's what you care about, I, I don't see how you could say this is still two ninety nine, other than a company just going, well, people are paying, willing to pay for it, so why not just charge it at that? It's very Apple, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. we're not going to drop this until we absolutely have to drop it, and that's their prerogative. Uh, speaking of my prerogative or John's prerogative, uh, Dead Space, John. It's been heavily rumored that EA will be revealing a fan favorite series at EA Play on July 22nd. Turns out this will likely be a remake of the original Dead Space in the vein of a Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, The game will have modern visuals and is expected to feature new gameplay mechanics pulled in from subsequent entries beyond the first in the Dead Space franchise. That's cool. Let me tell you something. Hmm? I think this is great. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot about Dead Space that you should fix. I mean, there's some maybe there's maybe there's some clunky metro- controls, make it a little bit sleeker, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I I I, I hope they don't go overboard with this. I, I hope they don't do. I hope they don't pull an EA on this thing. Um, <laughs> uh, they updated Mass Effect quite well. Thank you. Yeah, but those weren't remakes; those were remastered. Uh, and grant, granted. <clears throat> I mean, the fact that they're doing this, EA, it's obvious that EA has seen what Capcom has done because Capcom has sort of introduced a sort of resurgence of survival horror. I mean, they've they've got a Resident Evil game coming out every year, sometimes twice a year. And it's obvious that EA wants to cash in on this before it's too late and they don't want to come up with a new property. They just want to say, what do we have in the vault? Let's di- let's dig this out. Put some machine to it. Um, I just hope that they keep it simple. I there's aside from a few tweaks that you know that there's not a lot to do to fix what I consider almost a perfect game. Um, so I just hope they keep that in mind and just 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 give the fans what they want. Don't assume you know what they want. Um. So I am I am I am so stoked. I'm just so scared I'm going to be disappointed by this. I think for me the reason they're doing this is you know we know EA Motive is sounds like they're tooling up to make a true new Dead Space game. 
Sure. And one of the things that we should keep in mind is that, uh, sorry, I'm banning someone. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we should keep in mind is that a lot of people really never played the original dead space like dead space the original was a critical darling and was what led to the creation of visceral studios i think at the time before that was ea redwood or something like that um and it was really more so dead space 2 where they were hoping people would more so jump on i think some did but they just didn't jump on on the level they were hoping for and then after dead space 3 it was dead in the wire so the hope is maybe, hey, the fact that this has been a revered series and it's had time and the fact that if you come back and now you do put the promotional uh, you know, power behind it, that you can start to generate the interest in this again, get people in. All the games are on Games Pass, right, if you've got Ultimate. So you could go and play this remake and be like, oh, wow, this is really great. I think two and three are definitely going to hold up better than the original did, um, you know, just because they had more money behind them. Uh, And then the hope being that, like, maybe in two years you're coming back and you're going, like, and by the way, here's Dead Space 4 or whatever they're going to make it out to be and and go from there. Yeah, I just hope Isaac Clark is too good of a character to just set aside. I just just hope they don't go too... I just they don't have to do too much. There was nothing there was nothing from a story perspective wrong with Dead Space 3. It's just that they tried to commercialize it. They 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 yeah. said the yeah. EA, EA said to Visceral everybody's everybody wants co-op. Gears of War's co-op. Let's put a co-op campaign in here. Yeah. Um you know it, it, there's it, it's a little bit more action heavy than than survival horror. But the story in its in and of itself is worth keeping Sure. Keeping a continual thing going. So I'm hoping for a dead space for maybe a, you know, I'm fine with like, I don't know, a remaster remake of the original dead space, as long as they keep the story intact. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I could be asking for way too much. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not confident that they're going to give me what I want. Mm -hmm. I just hope they give me something solid and I'll be happy for sure. Or they just could be a no-show. Yeah. Let's just be glad that you're getting something you want. Uh, (laughs) BioWare has announced that we should not expect an appearance from either Mass Effect or Dragon Age at EA Play on the 22nd. Announced on Twitter, the developer indicated that they are hard at work on these much-anticipated games and fans will have to wait a little longer to get a look. Um, Mass Effect didn't surprise me at all uh, just because, you know, they just done the teaser and I'm like, that's probably three or four years away at least dragon age is more so screams to what the rumors have been, which is them changing their whole entire idea of what this game was originally designed to be. Um, because EA won something that was more of like a games of service. It sounds like, and dear God, no. Um, so, you know, I got to give credit. It really does feel like recently EA, at least in its non-annual franchise games, seems to be coming around and saying like, okay, let's start telling our shareholders to shut up and just do what we think is the right thing for a video game company. And if we make the right decisions over time, they will see the return that makes them happy. 
you know, and that's the right way to do this. Um, so yeah, interesting. Did we, when did we see the first dragon age trailer? Was it 2017? Had I want to see something. 2018. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, John, finally this week, finally this week. Well, Chris, let's hope Dragon Age and Mass Effect, when they do come out, let's hope they sell, sell, sell. Damn right. But speaking of selling, were you supposed to say that? Yes. You can say that? Yeah, damn's fine. Be respectful. Okay. Damn's. <laughs> All right. So speaking to IGN, um, Phil Spencer weighed in on the recent discussions on mergers and acquisitions within the games industry and Microsoft being a big facilitator of those acquisitions. Quote, and this is a long quote, I know sometimes I see dialogue out in the industry about, well, are acquisitions a good thing or a bad thing? One thing I'll put out there is starting a new studio, starting any small business, frankly, is a very risky proposition. Starting a video game studio even more so. And if a team actually takes the risk of starting a new company, starting a new studio, building that over years, building value in that, to say they shouldn't sell, I think is just short-sighted. It's such a risk-filled journey for them to get to the point to create real value. I'm always going to congratulate when teams get to the point where they realize that value through acquisition or just massive independent success. Many of those leaders will go off and start other things over time. It's kind of the natural turnover that happens with entrepreneurs and startup business. And for us, we're always out there looking at where we could continue to build our first party capability and looking at teams that we think would be good fits for us. Now, Chris, Mm -hmm. this, um, to me, this comment, Mm -hmm. and you know how much I like Phil, Mm. um, it's an interesting perspective coming from a guy (laughs) who over the past several months I have felt represents a company that could potentially, and I want to stress the term potentially, mm-hmm. um, cause cause an implosion within the gaming industry over the next decade. Maybe I think if, I think if there's an implosion over the next decade in video games, you will find that it could be caused by Microsoft and what they're doing and where they're trying to position themselves in the industry. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with him about acquisitions and things like that. Hmm. But I, 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 I do <laughs> hearing him talk about this mm-hmm. makes me nervous because of the position he and his company are in with the absolute power that they have to absorb like a black hole, almost anything and everything that they want to. Sure. Um, you know, I would encourage in a addendum to what his comment is if you want to build up a business that is successful and sell, sell to someone who doesn't necessarily have the mindset of I want to take over the universe. And I know I'm <laughs> I know I'm being I know I'm exaggerating a little bit. And I don't think it I, I don't think that, yeah, I don't that think Phil, Phil Spencer is thinking of it in these terms, but um look, they're getting a lot of prop, they're getting a lot of credit for doing things and doing things for the the gamer in mind but <clears throat> i think 
I, I think that they are leading in a race to the bottom here. And that's what I'm worried about. Maybe. I, I kind of take it as, um, when I read this comment, or I should say saw this comment, um, I've been reading uh, your favorite author's newest book, uh, which is <laughs> primarily about just the nature of the, just the dangers and turnover and, and just, just how hard it is in, in the video game industry, right? Like we see studios that make great things and actually sell really well. And they end up closing down. We see studios that go for years trying to figure it out and they can't, and they close down. We see studios that get by on a, you know, a small budget for years, just trying to eke out one more consistently doing good work in the meantime and for whatever reason, it's this one game that all of a sudden blows up and saves that company and gives them a basis to go forward and go where they want to. What I think he's talking about here is like, look, it's really hard to look at these companies and seeing all the struggles and just how quickly it can go from good to really, really bad in the game industry for a company uh, that's not aligned with, like, say, your Ubisofts, your Activisions, your Microsofts, your Sony's, your Nintendo's and not understand why they would not be running to say, Hey, we're attractive. Now we can get a great deal. Please come buy us. Right? Like house marquee here most recently or house Mark, sorry, as it's said, um, I think that company got bought out this time because of what they did for Sony for returnal. Right. Despite the fact that all their games are solid. And I'm really happy because now it means that studio is going to be solid for a good amount of period. It doesn't mean they'll be around forever. No, it's not like Sony hasn't closed the studio before, and I'm sure they will again. But it gives them a basis to stand on uh, the, the team that made Hellblade. Um, was that Ninja Theory? Right? Isn't that who it is, John? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of like how they talked about all those years where they were doing work on other people's games and that this was kind of them trying to make a game that they want to make, but did not cost them a ton. Now they're bought out by Microsoft because of the success of that game. And they're being able to take as long as they want. You know, we, we see them going to Iceland and trying out new things. And it seems like they're waiting on unreal five till they can use it to the best of their abilities. And, they're going to put way more into that game now than they ever could before. And it's because of the fact they got bought out. So I think personally with me, what I see is like the bigger risk to the industry is more so the system that's in place as is that has been going on for maybe the last 15 to 20 years creates a lot of instability, creates a lot of hardship, um, for the industry as far as those who participate within itself. And there has to be a change. And I don't know if Microsoft and Sony buying out everyone or Google, whoever, Amazon is the way, but it yeah, might, I mean, it might be, I don't know. I mean, like it's either there, you got to figure out some other way to, to make this a little bit more stabilized for everyone. Because if not, you're just going to continue to see more and more problems and probably more and more people just say, screw it. I can do something else with my life. Well, I mean, let's think about this for a second. And we, 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 we think about this in the terms of the video game industry, but Mm -hmm. any small business, any business that's a startup, Mm -hmm. 
In the first year, 20% of them are failures. Sure. In five years, half of them are failures. By, by year 10, only one-third of those businesses are success. Yeah. But we pretend like that's not real in well, the games industry. We want to create... A, it's like we come out here and we want to create a space where everybody's succeeding and everybody's winning and everybody's doing all this. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, this is my, this is my real beef mm-hmm. with the idea that there's such struggle and, and too much stress and too much anguish in the games industry. Well, well, no, it's just like every other business. It's just like every other person out there trying to make a buck I, doing something. I would say it's, just, it's, it's across the board. Now, if you, it, it's not unique to gaming. It's just, it's not, it's not but unique. Pretend like it is because it's a sexy thing to think. It's not unique it's like to this, gaming, but it's more of, I think the, the bigger thing to put it is that, I think the way it's handled is a little unique. Like I can't think of many industries that are very similar to the video game industry. Like not even tech tech itself is nowhere near as unstable at this point uh, on a whole. Right. You know, sure. There are small startups that take risks and garage and all that. Right. Those are usually like two or three people, but we're talking about like, you know, irrational is a great example of a studio where you had 250 people brought in to push out what ended up being one of the greatest games of the generation. And then within a year later, it's closed and it's no more. And all of a sudden those people who moved to Boston to live there have to go find new jobs. And it probably means they're going to have to move them and their spouse halfway across the country to go do it because it's not like there's 30 mom and pop, you know, game stores or game development studios in Boston for them to go do these things. Versus like, yeah, if I go start a restaurant and I fail tomorrow, I don't necessarily have to pack up and move out of here in Columbus. It's a different experience for those kind of businesses. And I don't know what the balance is because on one hand, you do have the indies where it's like two or three people taking risk. And that's one thing. But then you get into the other side of it where it's like teams of 50 to 100 people and you start to go, man, when you have this repetition where it's creating these problems consistently no matter where you're working at outside of a few companies it's it's like i don't know what the end game is i don't know where you find it is i just it's an interesting topic to talk about <laughs> i just don't well, know the solution I, I just i just look at it this way i mean the greatest book mm-hmm. is a book you've never read it's not it's sure. not a tale of two cities it's not huck finn it's in some guy's living room in a drawer sure and you're never going to read it LeBron James is not the greatest basketball player of all time. Whoa. The greatest basketball player is a guy you've never seen play. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, it just, it, 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 it astounds me that we have to make sure that Ken Levine's game succeeded and we can't blame Ken Levine if it didn't. I blame I mean, 2K. He's, pardon me? I blame 2K. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, well, I guess, I guess I just don't understand that rationale because 2K gave, gave Ken Levine everything you wanted because he's Ken Levine. Mm-hmm. Konami gave Konami gave Hideo Kojima everything he wanted for 15, 20 years because he's Hideo Kojima. And they finally said, you know what? You work too long. We have spreadsheets. We have people to pay. <laughs> yeah. We have deadlines that we have to meet. We understand creative vision, mm-hmm. but we also have a balance sheet that says we got to make some money. Yeah, and that's we fair. have to come to terms with the fact that as a business, and we're kind of delving off topic a little bit, <laughs> we have to come to terms as a business that that creative vision is great, mm. 
but don't spend what you don't have. And a lot of these people are trying to put out this next best thing mm-hmm. and they run out of money doing it when they should have made, when, when they should have made a game a little bit less ambitious so that they keep the lights on. Sure. So they keep their people employed. Yeah. It's not rocket science. It's hard, but it's not rocket science. I think, you know, with the Ken Levine thing, the thing that sucks there and why I say I blame 2K is that Ken Levine built them a great studio. And instead of when Ken Levine said, I don't want to do this anymore, instead of them just saying, that's fine, because they own that studio, right? 2K owned that studio, not Ken Levine. He sold it to them. They could have said that's fine, and they could have trusted in the other people that he had put in that studio and said, let's see what they can do, right? And, like, develop from there because they just were coming off one of the most critically received games of all time. Um, But, you know, 2K's mismanaged a lot of studios over the last decade, so I'm not really shocked at how they picked to do that. I think I'm with you in the sense of, like, yeah, there's definitely a number of games out there where you're like, you need to think about your scale, but at the same time you have this industry where everyone wants everything bigger to scale now. Right. And it takes a lot to get through, like take a game like among us, which sat out there for three years with a very low player base. And the only reason it really burst through was why, because someone randomly on Twitch started playing it and people started watching it and all of a sudden they started buying it because of it. Right. Like that's, that's the kind of risk that you run. (laughs) Like you're like, I sometimes, I just don't know what will define success, but the problem is not that people aren't passionate or that they're willing to work hard or make sacrifices. It's just more so how many of them make the sacrifices and then they end up finding themselves 10 years in and they go, why am I really doing this? You know, what am I gaining out of this? What am I building towards for me as, as my life? And what they, they end up doing is they just end up leaving and I don't blame them, you know, is what I would say. And I just don't know what the solution is on that. I'll figure it out and you'll probably be a very smart man and make a lot of people happy and maybe take this industry to a whole new level. But until then, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You uh, you want to wrap this up, Josh or John? What did you call me? I called you a great name. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I mean, we could. If Sean was here, he would say, "Never." He needs to start wrapping up. No more Sean's. <laughs> electronic mail from the future uh chris we got to do the topic and news again because nacho just came into the chat all the way from the year 3000 did you hear me at all? i did i did but you know <laughs> i'd already pressed the effect and i was like well he uh you know we found a way to make that to an hour and 47 that's why I was like, let's go down this rabbit hole. Let's see what you Life, uh, found a way. Wait, uh, 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 we always find a way. We only got 
Unless something's changed, John. I think we only have one email from, well, two emails from the same person, right? Um, yeah, that looks to be the, that looks to be the case. Do you want to read it, or should I read it? Uh, I'll I'll take uh, not the guy. No, I'll take Harrison. Okay, you take Harrison. All right. So I think this is a two-parter. So we'll see how this goes. <clears throat> so Harrison writes in. I don't know if there was a patch, and Chris, you know we. Love a good good patch. patch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there was a patch, but I can download games again. That's good. I think he's talking about the, was, I think he was talking about the Nintendo thing from last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, the doom thing. So that's good news, but he continues on. He says, trippy. My Twitch is being funny. (laughs) Okay. Uh, trippy. My Twitch is being funny. My PS4 died when I was installing the 8.52 update. And I had to fully reset my PS4 and re-download all my games. So, good lord, he's having problems with every update under the sun. It's like uh, I think uh, Chris, I think uh, Harrison needs to start considering the fact that he might be the problem. What you're going to you know. need to do there is uh, turn it on and uh, turn it off, and then turn it back that's on right. again. That's that's how I fix these problems. Oh, show. Uh, one other email came in. And a big deal. It was. We'll skip it. Yeah, we should. Uh, it was sent from an iPhone. Sup, boys? What up, chat? What up? And hello to all the Richard and Richettes who make this fine podcast what it is. I say hello from beautiful Orlando, Florida. John, still waiting to 1v1 me in Mario Golf. Please let John Rambo know this is not an FPS so he can chill at the house. Chris, what up, homie? What up? Uh, hopefully you didn't tinker too much. I actually did do some tinkering, but I <laughs> held back uh, off of it this afternoon. Uh, shout out to the news team news. They're always awesome. Can't wait to be back next week. Question from this week, best Disney villain from a Disney movie for me. I'm seeing a lot of Cruella stuff, a new movie out. So it got me thinking I'm going to have to go with Emperor Zerg mainly because buzz is my fave. Well, they do have about the same size head. Uh, and because of the classic battles they had during the Toy Story saga. Uh, plus, the buzz ride is pretty awesome, and Zerg is in it. So you see where I went with it. There are probably way worse villains, but I'll... Well, he said a bad word, but I'll just say he meant to say shut up. And uh, let you boys finish the show. Love you guys. Game on. Peace out, everybody. From who may now just be a friend of the show, Sean. I don't know. Still up in the so air. Chris, do you, you have a Disney villain that stands out for you? Oh, uh, let's see. Do I have a favorite Disney villain? That's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with... <clears throat> I gotta go with Gaston. He's just so over the top. I love him. Because <laughs> no one fights like Gaston. No one drinks like Gaston. <laughs> you know? No one makes love like Gaston. <laughs> uh, whoa, 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 whoa. How uh, do you know? <laughs> he told me in the song. <laughs> what about you? Oh, the hunter from Bambi. 
<laughs> it's the only one that made me cry in a Disney movie. I'll say that. <laughs> I will say the most, um, I don't know. It to me, it's a cross between. <clears throat> it's a it, it's it's a it's a toss up to me between Maleficent mm-hmm. in Sleeping Beauty and the evil stepmother from Cinderella because mm-hmm. she's just she's just awful. She's absolutely awful. I think second place for me would probably be Jafar. He's a good one, especially because especially because you get uh, mm-hmm. old. Uh, what's his face is Iago with him mm-hmm. the whole entire time. What's his name? Yep. Dang it. He who he who must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> not around here. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's funny. Um, oh man. How am I gonna check Discord emails? Um on your phone? Yeah, hold on. Let me go get my phone. Hold on. I can can I do it? I can do it. Hold you on. could. Let's see. You you yes. look and I'll go look for my phone. <laughs> All right, I got it. Problem is, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how far back to go. <laughs> you the system seller give the shortages. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, technology, right? I don't, I don't know my technology. Hopefully Chris is going to edit this out for the for the podcast. <laughs> Did you do it on your phone? No, I don't know what to read on here. Okay. I mean, I, I've got it up, but I, I, just, I don't know what's which. Hold on. So you took forever. I mean, how big is your apartment? <laughs> I thought it was on the couch, but it was on the couches in the bed. So, what was it that Sean hid from you one time, or that you thought we hid from you? Was it your? Yeah. Oh, my vape. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's see. Okay. Uh. First up, Cosmic says, "Do you guys plan on getting the new OLED when it comes out sometime after?" I think we answered both that were most likely not going to get it. Possibly yeah. Sean will get it. Cosmic sent that. This is going to go like Xbox Series X and S and PS5. They're going to be gone in seconds. If I get lucky enough and I happen to be at the right place at the right, right time, maybe. But I don't know that I'm, I don't think I'm going to bend over backwards to go after this thing. True. And also Psycho Retros uh, writes in. He's He's been on the streams a good bit. Uh, it'd be nice to have, and this was actually in response. He said, it would be nice to have, but I don't see it being worth the hassle of switching my profile to a new console from what I've gathered. It's quite an awful experience to transfer save files and games from one switch to another, especially not worth it when there's literally only one change that benefits me, which is the screen. So, so I agree with, um, you know, that for the most part, I will say that the transfer, Mm. is not as complicated as he thinks it is. It's 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 not bad at all. Uh it's not it's Xbox not, easy, but it's it's not bad. It's not it's not it's not complicated. It's not good, but it's not bad. Um I will leave the Twitters for Sean to do next week and I think that's it for the Discords. 
So this has been, I believe, episode 315 of Weekly Games Chat. If you like the show. And why wouldn't you? Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast service you use, and you'll get a new episode just like this one every Wednesday. If you want to see how we make the uh, the food, as they say, then why don't you come over to twitch.tv slash weeklygameschat on Tuesday around 5.30 p.m. Eastern, and you can see us record this sucker live. Write your thoughts and prayers to weeklygameschat at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash weeklygameschat where you can find a link to our Discord. Until next time, I will simply say, first, game on Sean, wherever you're at, and game on John. Game on Chris, game on Sean, or whatever. Yeah. If Sean were here, he'd probably say something like, I don't know, peace out, everybody. And I would say, your mom's box. And John would say, thug life. <laughs>